Are you interested in learning more about building Web3 games? Then this episode is for you. In this episode 30 of the Web3 with Sam Kamani podcast, I interview Paul Gadi, who is the founder and CEO of OP Games. Paul has been in this industry for over 20 years, building games and web applications, and he has been a frequent speaker at numerous industry conferences. In this wide-ranging conversation, we talk about the state of the crypto market, what is happening with Web3 Gaming, what is Gitcoin and GR14, also known as Ground Round 14, how you can participate in it and access some grants or participate in the hackathon. Some other topics that we talk about in this podcast are things such as, you know, why has there been such a rapid growth of Patreon or blockchain-based games in Philippines compared to the rest of the world? We also talk about how to make play-to-own games sustainable and why they can give any game developer an edge over Web2 games. Hello innovators and explorers, welcome to another episode of the Web3 Podcast. I'm your host Sam Kamani, I am an Amazon best-selling author and a tech startup founder with two exits. These days, I work with the Moonstream team. Moonstream.to is the Web3 engine for blockchain-based games. And at Moonstream, we have handled over $2.5 billion in transaction value to this date. I'm here to take you on a journey to explore this land of Web3, which is filled with opportunities so that you can build generational wealth. So, without waiting any longer, let's get into it. Paul, it's great to have you on the show. I'm looking forward to talking with you. I've heard so much about you from the rest of the Moonstream team. So, yeah, we'd love to know a bit about OP Games and how you got started. Of course, yeah. Thank you, Sam. I'm, I'm glad to to be uh, conversing with you. So, OP Games. I guess I can start a little bit about before it was OP Games. So, in in around 2017, we I, I had a, well, I still have a game company called Altitude Games, and we we were exploring the new technologies that were coming out because as a game developer and as a game developer in our case, coming into the market cycle slate, we were making mobile games back at the time where I would say the power players have already been determined. Like it's the in the App Store, there are certain game developers that always are in the top 10, I would say, and that's mostly because uh, they, they were in the technology early. So we, they, they were able to, to capture market share. And so we were looking at uh, the technologies that we might start to need to take a look at now that, now that the video game market is pretty mature and we, we, we saw blockchain. So we looked at yeah. crypto, we looked at, uh, we looked at NFTs, which was starting out back then. So 2017, of course, everyone will know about CryptoKitties, which was the, I would say the first almost mainstream game that was using NFTs. So we took a look at that. We kind of realized that there might be something here. Our thesis was that the blockchain will change how, how people pay and play games. And I think that we've proven that out. We've seen play to earn happen. We've, we've been seeing a lot of other use cases for crypto like DeFi. And, and so, yeah, so back in 2017, we started our company. We've just rolled through the crypto markets, the crypto winters. And now that the crypto winter happening now as well, and, and we've just built, uh, started building technologies to help game developers, uh, the, like the company that I had before. So, yeah. so that's us at Opie Games. We, we, our vision has always been, how do we help game developers move from web two to web three and maybe build new virtual economies around the new tools that we have 
Yes. And, and yeah, so that's our story. Uh, a little bit about myself. I was a game developer right straight out of college, I would say. So it's, I started making games in 2004. Okay. And that was the time when there was, so we were making games for the old Lokia phones. Oh, yeah. Um, this was probably yeah. even before that, before Steam <laughs> yeah. was big. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was, Steam was, Steam was already there, but mobile was coming out. So yes. that's at that time, though, another story of market cycles at that time, the only way to sell your games was you had to sell it to the carriers like Orange or, or yeah. here in Canada, like, like Bell. So, yeah. and, and the, and the market share there was, uh, 80% will go at least in the Philippines when I was making games, uh, 80% goes to the carrier and 20% goes to the developer. So, so yeah, so, so all, all throughout uh, my time making games, uh, I guess platforms and technologies have determined who succeeds. And so. We, so yeah, so we feel like blockchain is, and Web3 it is this disruptive force that we will need to kind of all understand as game developers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, just being in this, this industry for a while myself, I have seen that. And even um, like, okay, then Steam came in and then the, all the mobile players and then Apple and Android still take. 30% yeah. cut on at least for the first year they did take 30% which is massive when you think of any other software yeah. I cannot think of uh, you know that if you have SaaS product and you have to pay 30% just to be online you know <laughs> so that is like a very very sort of a big thing for any and and even in the traditional ways you have publishers and you have to go through those publishers like Activision or EA or any of those if they do take a big cut or you do pay, pay a premium for those publishers to go and help you promote your game help you launch your game and all that mm -hmm. so that is there I have I was one of the first sort of I had Generation Zero, like CryptoKitties, and then the other day I was talking with my yeah. one of the co-founder of Dapper Labs and and just reminiscing about those <laughs> those days. Yeah, then. it was so different. Yeah, yeah. Very, like, very And in crypto, right? Like like yeah. three months we were saying there, like three months in crypto is like three years in whatever technology or whatever industry you were before, right? I know, and, I know. Yeah, it's it's like, the same, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is that there has always been this energy in Web3, crypto, blockchain, whatever, however you want to define the space. But I feel like the the last sort of that 2017, 18, after that, the crypto venture, it was really intense and people don't realize. I don't think we are in mm -hmm. that stage. I still see so much activity and so much going on in this space. I didn't see that in after 2018 to the same level, like mm -hmm. tens of thousands of developers are still building and creating products and adding value. It wasn't that there were most of the projects were dumb ICOs of the early 2018 or late 2017, like nine, 10,000 of them, and all of them lost value after that. And, and people don't realize how bad that was it's like ethereum from its high of 1400 dollars went down to 82 dollars so <laughs> we are nowhere yeah, near right. there. you know it's like this exactly. is, not, this is yeah. more like autumn you can say early autumn <laughs> <laughs> this is not crypto winter yeah, <laughs> um, and, and i don't think so because the whole um economy has changed like the whole sort of the web3 economy has changed a lot it is a lot more mainstream there are a lot mm -hmm. more people engaging in, in it now than five years ago in five years it has done we have come a long way it feels like yeah we have so, we have yeah to add to that like i i feel the same like it while well, well, this is a, a pretty bearish market that you're right like at that time i remember like a lot of these uh, companies just folded right uh, there, there were yeah. a lot of also game developers making games with us at that time and and a lot of them you don't see now. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I can just, just think of the, the, the games that, um, these NFT projects that we worked with before, like a lot of them also folded during the crypto winter. And then I guess that's one thing is, uh, one, one thing we realized also is 
it's and something that I read a lot as well. It's it's during these bearish markets where where you kind of build a lot of value because because uh, yes. it's it's this time where hype isn't what's important. It's about building uh, real technology, right? So it's the companies that are that stay here and build through the bear markets that survive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that that should always be the goal is to build real technology, <laughs> whether exactly. be it yeah. or or bull market. But what happens in the bull market is that, or in the boom times, is that even hype without any underlying foundation sells, yeah. <laughs> and then people are more careful with their money in in bear market. Yeah. So only real things sell and stuff. But having talking about that, I would love to know a bit more about the the GR fourteen and the open gaming ground and how all that works and how how does OP game fit in in the whole scene. Of course, yeah. So uh, a bit of a background on GR fourteen and the open gaming round. We did this on the last year round, GR thirteen. And the, the goal for open gaming was was precisely what I mentioned earlier. Like, like for us, for example, for us at OP Games, while we were doing our research on Web3 and trying to see how it makes sense for game developers, we, we quickly realized that that the the benefit for both players or for, for players initially is the ownership, right? That like you're not tied, your virtual items aren't tied to, to a server. That was the story with, with NFTs. But you kind of realize that, of course, there's still a lot of, I guess, auxiliary technologies that these NFTs rely on. And it only really makes sense for true ownership to happen if 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 the technology is open source. So that's what we kind of are leading towards here in open gaming is the 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 biggest benefit we feel that the web three will provide to developers is if we build stuff together open source and collaboratively. So we we've seen that happen with some projects when in the web three space. Uh, one big example, Sam, is the Loot Project. So the Loot Project is this NFT project which was essentially just just NFTs that with a story where you can use these NFTs and make games and stories around them. So a a lot of developers really saw that projects really, I guess something spoke to them about the loot project and they started building a lot of projects around that. So that's one uh, example of open gaming is uh, that collaborative aspect. And of course the other is open source. So um, open gaming is a term that's been used already in, in other and other technology cycles and it's about what kind of open source tools we can build together so so those two things i feel are the core of open gaming and the hope with the this gr14 open gaming round that we're holding with of course moonstream with game seven and a bunch of uh, other folks is we incentivize game developers to to look at building games in web3 in this way and 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 yeah we've seen that DeFi. the reason that it exploded as hard as it did was with people built these standards Build stuff on top of them until now. We have Uniswap, we have these replacing tokens, we have all of these DeFi protocols, right? So imagine games being built the same way. Then, then I think that's that's really something exciting. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yes, the DeFi has had its wins, but it has also had its struggles. Before I continue this conversation, I have a request for you, my dear audience member. So far. All my content is free and I'm able to do this because of your awesome support. And as a part of this support, there's only one request. That is that you go to Apple Podcasts and go and leave a rating and a review for this podcast. Now, let's get back into our conversation. What is, the most, yeah. <laughs> what is the most challenging <laughs> part of building a gaming sort of related company in Web3 for you? Oh, yeah, good question. There are a lot. I guess the the one that 
I always think of is that like, there's a lot of game developers that I feel would be, would, I would want to be in this space. Like, I feel like game development or web three game development is, can grow better if we get the game designers that are really good to join us. Like, like in web two, there are so many great game designers making great games and game design is a little bit token on it as well, right? So just yeah. getting these game designers to build with us will really grow the space. And the challenge that I have as someone who wants to get these, uh, these more web two developers to web three is there's still uh, a lot of education that needs to be done, I would say. Of yeah. course, when someone says NFTs in the gaming space more so, there's, there's so much outrage there when someone says NFTs or crypto. And yeah. a lot of it is mostly because uh, they don't really see everything that's happening. There are the bad things, right? But, the, yeah. but if you see the folks that are building in, in Gitcoin, for example, these Gitcoin grants around people building open source, the people who are looking at how we can use uh, governance to better include developers and players in building platforms. And then and you just see all of these smart and principled people building, and they just want to be able to, to share that to web developers, uh, share that there's this new way of building things and just look past the, look past the outrage of crypto and NFTs and, and look a bit deeper, right. And have these good conversations because, uh, because there is definitely some uh, challenges building. There are some bad actors as well, but I, I feel like it's, it's a technology we all should, we should be looking at. Oh, absolutely. I do see that. I find two types of people in pretty much in the technology industry. One that are mm -hmm. open to trying any new technology, trying to, and I mean, they are completely technology agnostic. They are the ones who don't get into fight of Apple versus Windows or, mm -hmm. or iPhone yeah. versus Android phone or, you know, anything <laughs> like that, because they care about the utility it does not matter <laughs> what underlying that, technology yeah. you use. And those are the type of people who are more likely to explore any new technology and give it a try and learn about it. But then there are some who have, who have a bit more tribal nature to their, mm -hmm. <laughs> they pick Definitely, a tribe yeah. and they stick to that tribe. And then yeah. unfortunately the tribe in some cases that they have picked is is the tribe of anything that three is toxic <laughs> and must be avoided. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> should not touch so it with the pole, should not be looked into even. Um, it will very true, very, <laughs> very uh, true. Like, like the, I remember this, there was like Bitcoin versus Ethereum, right? Ethereum versus oh, Ethereum Classic. It's so, there was so even tribal. a time. Yeah, like yeah. there was even NFTs versus DeFi. Like they're essentially yes. just tools, right? So Yeah, it's just yeah. just use whatever um, yeah. helps you add value to people in the world. <laughs> that's as, exactly. yeah. that's yeah. as it is. And there are going to be bad actors in anywhere. Even if you open an email they, and look in your spam box, there are mm -hmm. lots of spam emails and scams and phishing and all that. And this always gone on. But and if anyone of was alive in 1990s on the computers, they would know that when they were first using email or back then it was Hotmail was the biggest email client. Yeah. <laughs> it was full of spam from, you know, the Nigerian prince and dysfunction yeah. pills and all those sort of things. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. um, that just meant that there was an opportunity for a company like Google or Gmail to build a product that has much better spam filters. That's all it mm -hmm. meant. So right now, if you see things that are, I mean, that's what my belief is that if anyone sees things that are, you know, full of scams and stuff. That means there's an opportunity to build things that will protect people from those sort of things and continue True. to add yeah. value. But having said that, what are some of the best things of what's been the most enjoyable part for you for building the, you know, the OP games and, or, or working in this industry? 
Yeah, yeah. A lot just being in this space. I think one thing that always comes to my mind when, when I try to talk to Web3 with game developers is that it's this apparition that's stuck in my head. So I, I always say that as a game developer, we've always been, I guess we've always been conditioned to create games to make money. So that's, we, we, we do that, right? We, we do that as game developers. We need to make something sustainable. But yes. now that we have crypto in Web3, we can create money to make games. So that kind of shift in, in thinking allows us to, I guess, imagine something else, right? To build something different from what we have. A lot of games now, a lot of them, I would say, are focused around ads, for example, around the attention economy. How long can you get a player playing your game until you can extract money from him? But now that we, we have different models now because of crypto, like selling NFTs initially, then once you have enough capital, build a game around, make your own Absolutely. token and, and make a sustainable economy out of that as well. So, so these are newer models we should start exploring. And, and that what's excited me uh, when, when I'm building is the, is, yeah, is we can make new games around this, right? Like we don't need to make the same old games based around just, just attention and just maybe build games around, I don't know, around economies, around skills, around maybe something else, maybe around governance. And one, one other thing is I did mention that we looked into this, uh, because we realized that open source is a, a pillar for web three. And, and one thing we were able to do is we, we, we created an NFT project called the Arcadians. And, and since, uh, we were able to fundraise for that project, we, we sent out all of the funds from the Arcadians to open source, um, engines and developers that we feel needed supporting. So engines like phaser, default, Godot. So these engines that. Traditionally, I would say have, have just been making these tools for developers out of the goodness of their hearts. And now we can use crypto to help them continue to, to do that. So now I would say they're in a better position to, to become a core part of the next wave of game development. So, so these new, those two things I feel are, are always what gets me up to, to work in, in the morning to make sure that, uh, that what I'm building is something that's beneficial, as you mentioned to people and everything, something that's real technology. Yeah. Oh, that's very, very yeah. cool. So what does success look like for OP game in the next year or two years? Oh, <laughs> yeah, good question. Well, um, one thing that, uh, I always talk about when I talk about OP games is, is the game Legos that I mentioned is the building these open source tools that game developers can build together on, uh, success for us will be getting a, a good group of game developers, hopefully from web two, like game developers who have understood what we can do with here in web three and start really building these games together. So, so for example, I would say if you're make, if you're playing a game that's on steam, most of the time that game is closed source, like the time that technology for that game is only for that game. It's not shared across these other games, right? So if we're able to get these game developers together, building, for example, maybe, um, maybe in the context of the open metaverse, right? If they build, if they build a game for the open metaverse that's open source, then anyone can just take it and improve on it. Then we're, we're going to get just really great games coming in the, coming up in the open metaverse versus the games that we have now. And possibly with, with crypto sharing, sharing value across, not just the developers, but the players, then maybe we, we can make something that's more sustainable for everyone involved. So yeah, so that community of developers building together with us is is the, the success factor for us, I would say, and, and yeah, and making and selfishly me seeing a lot of great games right? uh, built on web three, um, yep. and just, not just the same old games that, that are being made now that are just based for you, based on you grinding them and then just getting cash from you from in-app purchases. So yeah, so that's, that's my goal. Yeah. So you mean like a lot of the web three games are like play to earn games and they require yeah, yeah. a lot of grinding and 
So yeah, yeah. how do you see the future of those games? What's going to happen to them? Yeah, good question. Like, I guess you can kind of see what's happening now, right? Like a lot of them are, are, are losing steam. And, but of course, we kind of need these kinds of explorations to, to see what will become sustainable. A lot of the play to earn games are designed, I guess they're also designed meticulously. They, they, a, a lot of tokenomics people take a look at how we can make these uh, games sustainable. And not all of them will succeed because, because all of it, all of it is pretty new, right? We're kind of yeah. all experimenting right now. And I, I'm reminded of the early days of the app store, like when, when people didn't know what to do with free to play, right? They were selling like a thousand dollar fart apps. Yeah, yes, exactly. yes, yes. Yeah, we're thinking of the same thing. Yeah. So, so we're, we're in that space now. So we, there's going to be some, some people just experimenting on what can be done and there's going to be eventually we'll settle on that, uh, I guess that model that works. And the hope is, the hope is it's all about ownership for players and developers, right? So hopefully we find a sustainable model where, where everyone is more incentivized and rewarded when they play the game. Play to earn, I feel is personally, isn't something I also want to play because it's, because I, I, there's so many great games there, right? Like I, you mentioned Steam, Sam, there's so many good games on Steam. My hope is they can get as much funding as these web three protocols are getting and make the games that they can make, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds good. I have another question for you when talking about play to earn games. Why are so many play to earn games so successful in capturing an audience in Philippines? Oh, well, I think it's the economics, honestly. And, and one thing is a lot of player guilds start in the Philippines because of YGG, right? YGG yes. was one of the biggest uh, gaming guilds. And, and of course, when people see that success, then they could title that. And I mentioned economics as well, because in the Philippines, like if you're earning, for example, if you're playing Apsi and you're earning maybe $5 a day, uh, yeah. that's actually already a good, a, a good sizable income that you can use for your day to day, right? If you can. But then there are probably in... 50 other countries with internet access, electricity, and where five dollars mm. is a good income, they don't have the same level of adoption of Web3 games or Play2. Oh, yeah. What yeah. the difference? Like, my, I theory also. And not yeah. Cambodia and not, you know, um, Bangladesh yeah. and not uh, Ghana and all that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can speak a little about what yeah. I know about the Philippines. Because uh, yeah. yeah, one example is when texting was just coming out, SMS. But the Philippines was the SMS capital of the world. Everyone was doing it there. Like we were early with SMS. And I would say like we're, we're very westernized, the Philippine audience, because yeah. we, we, we have, we were a U.S. colony before. So all our media, English. all our understanding yeah. is, is that westernized uh, media. So games as well. We are very familiar with games. So yeah, so it's kind of natural for us to gravitate towards these play to earn projects, right? I remember one of the biggest MMOs in my time in the Philippines was Ragnarok Online. So a lot of people were playing this as well and, and earning money from, from them, from the gray markets. So, uh, so, yeah. so there's a very young audience that are pretty tech savvy, I would say. So that's, uh, that would have contributed to that. So in that, the economic status, or I guess the economic, uh, environment was was pretty prime for play to earn and the guilds as well, right? The UITG started in the Philippines and there was a lot of offshoot that came out from that. Yeah. Yeah. That's very, very interesting. I, I always find it very fascinating that some games capture a certain geography and then they never managed to leave that geography. <laughs> but hopefully yeah. Web3 and Play2 and games and all, all this, the whole industry will spread yeah, hopefully. Um, and, and, and continue to grow in other parts as well. Yeah. Um, now, another another yeah, example yeah. I can add to there actually is that uh, like Friendster, I think Friendster was really big in the Philippines. And then oh, it was very big in, even in Malaysia and Singapore, yeah. Indonesia, it was still very big. Yeah. I remember having an account on Friendster. 
Uh, because I've got lots <laughs> of friends from Southeast Asia. So yeah, friends. Yeah. And then I remember because I'm originally from India, I have friends in India and Orkut was very big in India and Brazil. Oh, yeah, I remember and, Orkut. <laughs> and, and it just stayed big there till Facebook um, ate up everyone. Yeah. yeah. And and I guess uh, in addition to the economic model, right? Like in the Philippines, ads as well, cost less in the Philippines. Like if you want to if you want to buy ads in that market versus in the US, it costs less. So, uh, so there's some other platform advantages in doing stuff in the Philippines. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I would think these should be replicatable in what's happened in yeah. the Philippines. should be replicatable in a lot of the like sub-Saharan African countries and stuff. And they have like mm. really young population. Everyone's under 25 and, <laughs> and into yeah. this sort of, and very big on crypto and stuff and all that. So um, I, I think we'll see more markets and stuff open up and new things always yeah. coming up. Talking about new things, can you tell me a bit more about the grants round 14 or GR14 from Gitcoin and the and the hackathon? Are you also involved in the hackathon or? Well, not this time with the hackathon, um, yeah. but but we did some, some of the earlier rounds we did. We participated with the Gitcoin hackathons, like with, with incentivized developers to build these game Legos with us. Yes. Um, I guess for, for this round though, we're, we're continuing what we did with GR13, which is finding these good projects that are already building the, the tooling that we need for open. So some of them will be, will have a Twitter spaces with on our Twitter and OP games, uh, along with game seven and Moon Street. but we are looking for more projects. So one thing that we also are doing is we realize that a lot of the open gaming, uh, tools or games that are being built are also relying on non-Web3 projects. Uh, so I mentioned earlier the game engines like Phaser, Default. There are some modern web frameworks as well called uh, like A-Frame. There are these other tools like like Babel, which the, which the modern web kind of relies on. So we are looking at these, at supporting these projects as well. And of course, just, just, just Web3 games that are building their tools open source. So we have a few there, like Dark Forest will be part of our GR, will be part of the Twitter spaces with us and hopefully we'll get to top of, to talk to a few more. Yep. Oh no, that sounds, that sounds great. I have just um, two questions. First one is, sure. um, finally, do you have, have an ask? Are you looking for anything? Are you looking for, I don't know, raising funding, team members, anything specially? Yeah, thank team? you for asking, Sam. I think in our case, I mentioned we are, we are looking for game developers to build these game levels with us. So if there are some Web3 founders or Web2 game developers who want to start uh, building games in Web3 and understanding how to build newer kinds of genres here in this space, then reach out to me at, in Twitter. I think Twitter should be the, the best way. There's the OP Games Twitter also to reach out to, to us there. And, and of course, join the Twitter spaces and participate. And if they have a Gitcoin grant or if they have a project that they think would fit under the open gaming, open gaming uh, ecosystem brief that would fit as a, a grantee, then just participate in that round. I think aside from the funds, it gives projects some visibility and uh, allows them to connect with other people building in the space. So yeah, so that would be really great if they, if they're able to, to participate in great congrats. Yeah, definitely. I will definitely be sharing all, all the links underneath in the description, wherever this goes, this will go in all sorts of places on, on nice. LinkedIn yeah. and 15 different audio platforms and in quite a few, I will just spread it everywhere so that people can find all these things and reach out to you or to the OP games team or, or, or join your discord and, and continue this conversation with you guys. So yeah. look, thank you so much for your time. It has been an absolute pleasure talking with you, knowing more, finding more about 
about the whole gaming industry, I mean, Web3 gaming industry in particular, and, and see how the industry continues to march forward, regardless of the sort of the mild slowdown in the, in the crypto, yes. <laughs> crypto um, sort of, I don't know what you call it, currency or coin prices and, and tokenomics <laughs> and stuff. But yeah, yeah, I think builders will going to build, will going to keep Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think that's exactly what you should be doing in, in the market like this, right? is to, as I mentioned, build, uh, build the real technology that people will rely on and, and the market will bounce back, right? Uh, we've yeah. seen that happen several times. Yeah. So many times it is just um, mm -hmm. cyclical. So then, yeah, you would have the thing ready by the next. <laughs> next exactly. Spring. So yeah. mm -hmm. so this is the time yeah. to build. Yeah. So, so yeah, so anyone listening, check out the GR14 grants. Links are in the, in the description or underneath. So thank you. Thank you, Sam. I'm looking forward to talking to you again. Thanks. See ya. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. Share this podcast episode with a friend who you think should know and learn more about Web3. As I mentioned before, I work for Moonstream wherever technology makes Web3-based games more successful. So if you are building a blockchain-based game or if your game has NFT elements, then reach out to me. My DMs are open on LinkedIn, Twitter and, and my podcast website web3pod.xyz or web3pod.xyz. Thank you once again and have a fantastic day.